Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. I was going to say it's good to see you. It's good to see you. But before we see you, I'm sure we'll talk about that shirt, the man, the subject, the principal in that shirt a little bit. Mike Smith, what's up, man? Good, man. Good to see you. Happy, uh, a belated happy birthday to you yesterday. Thank you. You are uh, you're Thank back you. to 10 years older than me. Congratulations. You got a decade on me. <laughs> I am. I am. And this is uh, that's what still that's, black that's why it's important right? to me. <laughs> no, 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 it's still black history month. We're good. It's February. You know, you can you can ride this until August. You know, it's so funny. Yeah. Like generally we're on the air for my birthday. And then for some reason or another, we're off the air you know, it's off yeah. days. We break. We yeah. break. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. when your birthday comes around, it's a little quiet. You get a little quiet. And you know, you've gotten more quiet over the years. You used to be pretty loud about it. Get yourself a cake, throw a party, got the music, I'm, everything, you know. And now it's just, you just let it slide by. I wonder why that is. I don't know. I, I focus more on oh, the kids. Yeah. Honestly, you know more, what it is more than anything that I'll say the last 10 years, what it is more than anything, while my birthday has... Uh, been diminished in its importance. Not that I'm not thankful, as I know you are, uh, for another trip around the sun. Um, yeah. But Maya's birthday is, of course, July 31st. And so Maya's birthday is basically a three-day event, if not longer. But it's July 30th, we start getting hype. Oh, yeah. uh, well, you know, oh, yeah. long before that, but really on July 30th. July 31st, of course, the big day. And then there's the carryover into August 1st. So my birthday has taken a backseat. Uh, to my youngest child's birthday. So that's really what it's got to do the last 10 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's about the kids. And and as you start to hit numbers that you're like, wait a minute, is that number real? Is that is that where I am right now? I, you can't play any more games anymore. It's not like, yeah, you know, you tell me about 25, but I'm you know, 28. I'll tell you what, I wish I could say I put away childish things. Because <laughs> I, cause I haven't. Oh, we'll talk about that later too. We'll talk about that later too. Because I, I, I got some. At number 10, number 10 in my feed item. We'll get to that. But I want to start here, man, because I missed so much time. You know, last week, I, I missed you all. I really did miss you all. I wasn't watching y'all, but I was missing y'all, if that mm. makes sense. Because, I, you know, I just need mm-hmm. to take a little take a little break. And I'm, I, this, this Natalie thing just intrigues me. So <laughs> I, I know you got into it already with Natalie. I want to just revisit this again. Her issue with Nikola Jokic is that he can't win three straight MVPs because three straight MVPs is for somebody. It's rare air. That's well. That's part of it. But it's is her, it? her, okay. I, I'll try. I'll try to. I'll try to speak for her. I'll try to speak for her. It's okay. multifaceted. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and, yeah, she, wanna, and she's on vacation this. right now. I wonder if, unlike you, she's actually watching the show on vacation. We'll ask her later. But okay, so this is kind of like. Go ahead. I'll, I'll take the, that. I'll take that smoke. <laughs> That's fine. Multifaceted. If I if I if I may speak for her, multifaceted. One. Yeah. I think I think there's something about Nikola Jokic having not done anything in the playoffs, um, going being in the same conversation. Uh, when it comes to the history of the league, is Larry Bird, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, 
as people that win three straight MVPs. That's part of it. Not a big part, but that's part right. of it. Two is last year, she can't get over the fact that Embiid should have won it last year. She thinks she thinks Embiid got robbed last year. He got robbed? Three. Yeah. Okay. Three, and this is no particular order. Three, Tatum is her MVP this year, I believe. Um, uh, slash, slash, why is Nikola Jokic's runaway favorite uh, down the stretch? Why did that recent straw poll have him getting 77 of 100 votes? And then last but not least, oh, this is the big one. This is the one that had us, you know, carried a week's worth of conversation, is there's a double standard at play. Like, the voter fatigue that has penalized previous two-time winners like Giannis most recently does not okay. seem to apply to Jokic this year. I think that about covers all her beef with the MVP. Yeah, well, I would say this. Look, the MVP, if you're going to look at the regular season aspect of the war, of the award, and it is. It's a oh, regular season and it award. Should, oh, and it, should, and, it should, oh. and it should factor in the postseason. That was the other part. Oh, yeah. well, oh, wait. That <laughs> like, yeah. That's too yeah, much. That okay, we can't do that. It's a regular season. It's, it's a regular season award, and there is a postseason MVP, and it it uh, it's biased too because your team has to be good enough to get to the finals. But your postseason MVP is the NBA Finals MVP, and so that rewards your work, specifically in the NBA Finals. But sometimes I think it extends. It extends to your run through the playoffs. But most of the time, it's it's the NBA Finals, and that's just the way it goes. We're good with that. I, I, it's the award that I've, you know, this is the award that I value the most. If I had to pick, you know, is it more impressive that um, Nikola Jokic has two MVPs in the regular season, possibly three? Is that more impressive or is Cedric Maxwell and Chauncey Billups never regular season MVPs, but both finals MVPs? Is that more impressive? Yeah, I'd say finals MVP. That's just me. But anyway, well, you know, it it's was, because it, because it goes with the championship. That's why. Like, like when you say it that way, it sounds crazy because it's like Cedric Maxwell. No disrespect, wasn't a better player than Nikola Jokic is. He was not. You know, and he would say that. But but it came with the championship, so it's more impressive to you because of what it represents. You were the best player on the biggest stage, which is the NBA Finals. Yeah, and and most and it often, more often than not. You may not be the best player in general, but for a four, five, six, or seven-game stretch, you were the best player. But what I was saying is typically the best player in the world or the best player in the league ends up being finals MVP. That's that that's the coronation process. Like Giannis was a two-time MVP, and then he got finals MVP, and only then was he able to declare, and people started to call him the best player in the world. If I could pivot to yes, I'm else, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I just want—I just want to point out, and, and I want you to pivot. But I just want to, just just point this is for a conversation for another day, when, when Natalie is is back here, and we can just do a little, uh, just a conversation b- between all of us. I just want to point out that we just started counting championships now and, and penalizing those who don't have them. We just started because I, I mentioned the logo, Jerry that Wright. Funda- Jerry Rice, that is fundamentally untrue. That is fundamentally untrue. I'm gonna let you finish, okay. but that's right. fundamentally untrue. But continue. All right. Well, it, it by today's standards, if somebody tried to put the logo, if if we could just time travel a little bit, I want to get back to that too. We, we could time travel a little bit, and 
we're, we're, we're deciding on the NBA logo today. And somebody said, yeah, you know, Jerry West. Let's put the silhouette of Jerry West up there. He'd be like, hey, he only won one championship. He only won one championship. Why not Bill Russell? Bill Russell, the Celtics beat them every time. Why, why are we doing this? And I'll go back to Wilt. Three straight MVPs to Natalie's point. Oh, well, he, he won three straight MVPs. Why should Jokic be on the level with, with Wilt Chamberlain? Well, Wilt Chamberlain and his three straight MVPs, he didn't win the championship every one of those years. As a matter of fact, people looked at Bill Russell and said, Bill Russell is the winner and Chamberlain is the stat monster. Right. But we, they didn't, they weren't saying that in 1965, Mike. They weren't saying that well, about well, Wilt. Well, they, well, they might have been saying it, but, you know, you had to read a newspaper to hear it. Or they weren't tweeting it, or they weren't commenting yeah. on it. So they, it was being said, but it just it was like a tree falling in the forest because all we got our news was yeah. through dead trees. The reason I jumped in and said that's fundamentally untrue because I, you know, we both remember Tragic Johnson. Uh, we both remember Michael Jordan uh, being criticized for not being able to make his teammates better, only being able to get his. Will he ever win one? Which yeah. seems ridiculous. But once upon a time, it's like, damn, will Michael Jordan never win a championship? Can he ever lead a team to a championship? Um, there's obviously lots of players throughout NBA history who unfortunately were born in the time of Michael Jordan or Shaquille O'Neal uh, or you mentioned Bill Russell who don't have a championship. The late great Kobe Bryant. Can he win a championship without Shaq? So the rings thing has taken on heightened importance importance and it's it's uh, it's fueled the um, the the player movement era, but people have always been criticized for lack of championships as individuals in a team sport, which brings me to my pivot. Some honors are intangible. And Damian Lillard will probably never be regular season MVP. Unless he leaves Portland, which doesn't seem to be the case uh, that he ever will. Uh, he'll never be finals MVP. Um, but he's going to go down as an all time great and an all time favorite. He's already one of the greatest shooters of all time. I know Steph has that locked up, but Klay Thompson and Damian Lillard are right at that same table. They, they it's like it's, it's not even like head of the table and everybody down. It's like it's almost like Last Supper if you want. Everybody all leaned in close to Steph Curry, or it's like a little small table in the restaurant where like we crowded around it or we putting two tables together because. I, Damian is not the all-time leading three-point shooter in NBA history, percentage-wise or mates. But he's as good as anybody at the three ball, specifically the long three ball. Clay Thompson yeah. just had his own uh, performance uh, a couple of nights ago to remind us how special he is, as, as if we forgot. But just to not take for granted, in an era when scoring uh, has exploded, and Damian Lillard is the second person this season after Donovan Mitchell to have 71 points, and there have been a shit ton of 40-point games this year, but just for perspective's sake, not only was he the eighth player ever to score 70 points, Damian Lillard, last night, he did it in the way that nobody else ever has, okay? Um, he went 13 of 22 from three. 13 of 22, second most threes in the game behind the aforementioned Klay Thompson. First player in NBA history with 70 points, five rebounds, five assists, and 10 three-pointers made in a single game. He only shot 14 free throws. He only yeah. shot 14 free throws. And last but not least, he's now the oldest player ever to put up 70 points in the game. What, what, what made you smile? 
I was gonna say I, I was laughing at uh, Gary. Just put that chart back up with with the all, all the, the all, all the all the wilts, all the wilts up there. All, 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 okay, just wilts. all the, the yeah. top the, the top eleven, the top eleven scores. Uh, you know the performances in NBA history, and so why do we go to eleven? Mike, that's what I point out. Why do we, why do we go eleven? Why do we go ten? Why do we go twelve? Why do we go eleven? Because there's a top. The, because I because I, 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 yeah, I, I pump gas. I pump gas to even numbers. I put vibe in even numbers. That type of shit. What's seventy one? They're all just, at seventy one. My, I, my, my, my temperature got to be seventy or seventy two, maybe. Can't be can't be eleven. That's weird to me. You said, but yeah, no, it's a, you, it's a hell of a lot of wilt up there. You don't like odd num- You like even numbers. Even or yeah, even numbers, round numbers, yeah. Or, or yeah. is it okay? Okay, well, this is this to help you. Like out. I'm not like everybody I'm not, like I'm not splashing. Yeah. Okay, everybody on that list. Here's a common. Here's a common number zero. In every year there, there wasn't no championships. Nobody won a championship that year, but that's still great. It's still greatness. Right. Nobody won. Right. Will didn't win in '62. Elgin didn't win in '60. David Robinson didn't win in '94. It's a great observation. Like, uh, like so, nobody. David Thompson in '78, they ain't win it. That's a great observation. So we can't. Well, like we, you know, it just can't. Cha- it can't be that. That can't be champion- our. That champ- can't be. Championships have never defined. Like when I argue Michael Jordan, I never bring up six and zero ever. I never have. I never will. I mean, I, I know like I that. You know what? Not, I gotta admit this. But I reference it to I make like the that point that I never bring that up. Yeah, right. <laughs> I do. I like that. I do. I like. I like that you don't bring that up because that's one of the things. It's a. It's almost a. It's a conversation stopper, uh, but not in a way. But not in a way that people want it to be. They think it's dropping the mic. Right. It's not a mic drop. It's no, drop. it's not. It's not a mic it's, drop. It's, like, it's you overly ain't said simplistic. Nothing. It's overly like, simplistic because I mean, I, you know, like he's got he went six and no, oh, I'll give you magic going five and four or how many has LeBron been with 10 finals for LeBron. I mean, it's just right. like, come on, but but the re- championships for me, they're a factor, but they've never been the end all be all. They've never been the thing to me that makes somebody better than another. It may be a tiebreaker. It may, you know, maybe it's a matter of preference if you want to factor in the championships, but it's never been that thing that made me say, oh, yeah, he's better because he won championships. So when it comes to Damian Lillard, who let's let's say, look, he doesn't, he'll be lucky to make the play in this year. Doesn't seem to be a guy that wants to go and chase a championship somewhere else. I'm not just saying this as some kind of a slight to the players who have, because again, and we talked about this last week while you were out, a lot of the players, the player movement era, we created this. We created this player movement era because we forced them to define themselves with championships. Whereas, like, if you if you stay in one city, like whether it's whether it's Damian Lillard, I know they're two different people, but similar type situations. Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal. If anything to you beyond a championship is important, if consistency or stability is important, then something wrong with you. But Damian Lillard doesn't get that smoke though, and that's what's fascinating about Damian Lillard. He has a certain credibility, respect, and admiration. I guess the simplest way to put it, he's, he's just a real one. So he's going to go down yeah, exactly. in NBA history as one of your favorite players, as one of the an all-time favorite, a beloved player. He'll be at events at All-Star Weekend like Dominique Wilkins and 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 uh, Reggie Miller. You know, he'll be one of those guys that it's like, unlike some other players. Because okay, I'll give you a contemporary example. I will give you a contemporary example. Okay. And maybe it's maybe it's style of play, personality. I don't know what it is. But it doesn't seem like to me 
there are legacy conversations about Damian Lillard and his lack of rings in the same way that there are about Chris Paul, for example. Chris Paul not having a ring is a is a is a, a glaring omission and a, and a slight to his resume. Whereas I don't know yeah. that anybody sits around saying, "Man, Damian Lillard, he ain't got a championship. How, how good can he be?" Right. It doesn't feel that way. I don't know if it's because he can rap. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's well, but it's like, no, but, but nobody seems to get. But but, but am right. I lying? I mean, and I'm, I'm not reading everything yeah. on NBA Twitter. I'm not re- I'm not listening to everybody. So right. maybe I just missed it. It just doesn't seem like there's a level of criticism for him that there have been about other players on his level that have not either won a championship and, or, or or left the team cert- in search of a championship. Uh, it, it's such a great point, Mike. And and I know, I know. And Chris I don't Paul say, I don't, and is, I have no problem with that. By I, the way, I have no problem with that. Yeah. Right. I know Chris Paul is a players association president or, or yeah. you know, I know he's got standing. He's got standing. So this is going to sound weird because he's got the title of president. But if we were talking about a general election basketball out of it and you present these candidates like Dane could be president. Like, he just has a way where he does not favorite rappers favorite rapper. He doesn't annoy people and Chris Paul has that little gene. He's got that little a-hole gene. You know, he's got a little something. Sometimes like sometimes when he walk on the court, he's like, he's looking around like he's trying to start something. <laughs> Let's start something with somebody. Just the way he's looking. He just, he got an edge. And, and Dame plays with an edge, plays with joy and dynamism and all that stuff. But he does it in a way where other players don't look at him and be like, look at this dude. Whereas Chris Paul gets that from a lot of people. And there are some fans, I'm surprised, there's some fans who look at Chris Paul and, and he's very polarizing. Now I know when he was uh, when when they were in the finals a couple years ago against the Bucks. I know you said, oh, I'd love to see Chris Paul win. I'd love to see Chris Paul get a ring. There are a lot of people who are just the opposite of you. Like I don't never I never want to see Chris Paul win because mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. just it's just something about Chris Paul and Dame Dame Lillard doesn't have that. I, I haven't People just like just, people like him. People love him. There's nothing root for him. There's really nothing to dislike about him. And I know NBA owners look at the uh, trailblazers and look at Lillard and say, ah, that's what we want. He's not moving around. He's not asking to be traded. He's there. And some in a fans too. And, so, and, and there are fans and media who are also also respect Damian Lillard for not following that trend. They respect him for saying, you know what? I'm gonna be the bus driver here, and if the bus driver, as they call it nowadays, is the new thing is bus driver. If the bus don't yeah. get to that destination, and so be it. But I'm gonna drive it wherever it goes. It's like there are a lot of fans in media and old heads who do appreciate that um, about him. And so, listen, I, if he never, if he never wins one, and it does, it, his chances don't look good. I, I don't, I just don't think we're gonna be sitting back putting an asterisk next next to his career. Because he didn't get because he didn't get it. I tried to say this before about Kevin Durant. Damian Lillard has a certain like Kevin Durant has won two championships and two finals MVPs. I know that was Steph's team. I know the Warriors were built around Steph Curry, but Kevin Durant takes a backseat to nobody. He wasn't he rides nobody's coattails. Okay, Kevin Durant has been in a conversation for best player in the league for a lot of years now, and some would say he has been the best player in the league. The world stops when Kevin Durant 
uh, request a trade. Kevin Durant is an all-time great player. A lot of people, you know say what I'm it. saying. But there, but there is a there is a respect and a credibility. Not to say that Kevin Durant does not have respect. Let me make that clear. Kevin Durant has respect, but Damian Lillard has a different kind of respect than some people who have have championships don't have. At least that's the way it feels. I'm strictly talking emotional. I'm not talking about aesthetics. I'm not talking about his style of play. I'm not talking about breaking down his game. I'm saying, like I cuss a lot, but I ain't gonna cuss that hard. People f with Damian Lillard. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Right. That's people f with Damian Lillard. And last night was just an opportunity to give him give him his flowers once again. And and, and I know I know uh, you said you don't think he's gonna win the NBA championship. He's not gonna have an opportunity not, to win not the NBA there. Finals MVP. Unless he leaves, do you look at the West? Which, I, I, do you look at the West right now? I, I, and I know we can bring it back to Jokic, and maybe this is Natalie's point. Hey, nobody's saying that Denver is unbeatable in the West. Well, which is true, but nobody's unbeatable in the West. Do you think it's is there an outside chance? Are they are they in the play-in right now? Like the, I mean, the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers actually overcoming twenty-seven point deficits. The hell, the Lakers may. Over, I think I'm pretty sure they're like a game ahead of the Lakers or something like that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, half a game ahead of the Lakers. I mean, they got to make the play right. in first before they can make the playoffs, Daily. and then start talking about beating people who are not, who are beatable. Hey, so but look at it. But look at this. Look at this. Look at this uh, grouping here. They're only two games out of the sixth spot. Two That's games true. out. That's true. That math is mapping. You're right. That is true. So yeah, they got. If they get in there, I guess they can maybe make some noise. I don't know. Whatever Dame does is gravy at this point. You know, he wins a championship in Portland. Hey. That'd be one of the greatest stories in recent NBA history. But if he doesn't, it's just not it's not going to be held over his head. It just won't. Which he needs, good he needs somebody. He needs somebody like Kang to say time. I can give you that. <laughs> what are you going to do when you go back? When? When? <laughs> <laughs> He killed that. Jonathan Majors is that dude. That's my dude. That is my dude. (laughs) When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm never one to nitpick, but I would I would have rephrased this that they're leaning toward trading the number one pick. They may want to trade the number one pick, but last I check, a trade takes two. And so somebody, I don't know, the Colts, has got to make them the kind of offer that would make it worthwhile to trade down from number one. Um you understand what I'm saying? Like maybe the Colts are just saying, yeah, no, I, we'll I sit it. tight. We'll, we'll, we'll make you take Jalen Carter though. and we'll be satisfied with whoever we get. You know, because the Cardinals no, ain't taking a quarterback. So no, they're, no, they're trying to drum up they're trying to drum up interest is what they're doing. That's they're the not, time no, they're they're already have, no, they got leverage. I think they got leverage. This is, this is uh, brilliant on the part of Ryan Poles because you know if you if you're leaning toward it, you got at least one person or two on the hook. <laughs> and maybe you want three or four. So hey, we're leaning toward this. Somebody might jump in like, oh, wait a minute. But wait, but Charles, this is why this this is why it's like the smokescreen, silly season, whatever you want to call this time of year, 
It's like, it's just so obvious because no shit you're leaning toward it. You got a quarterback already. They got teams that need a quarterback. It's like, then, right. then here's another report, Charles. They're meeting with all the top quarterbacks at the combine. Well, you know what I call that? A waste of time. Because <laughs> you got a guy and you ain't taking the guy. <laughs> What's your read on all this stuff, Charles? They're open. I mean, it's they're open for business. I mean, that's it. It's a lot of people are going to write what they want to write right now. And and um, some of it's going to seem obvious. But I had a chance to talk to someone from the franchise. And I think what's interesting is they're not just talking to quarterback needy teams. And OK. I think that like Detroit might be a team that's also spoken to them. Um, I, I don't want to say I, I will say whoa, this. whoa, it's not whoa, like, here. Let me, let me let me tell you that's so, our team. That's whoa. our team. It's not just quarterback needy teams. It is teams that are in search of an elite player, and I think Jalen Carter is looked at as being an elite level player, and I think that. Uh-huh. <laughs> what the Bears want to happen, and this was, I mean, is they put their cards on the table as much as you really could, is they want every quarterback to come and throw. Now, we'll see what happens with Bryce Young, but every other quarterback that's projected in the top 10 is, is going to throw right oh, now. Oh, God. They want them all to come out, light it up. They want Carter to have a great combine. They basically want, you know, great interviews. I think he's going to do most everything at Georgia's Pro Day. They basically yeah, want everybody yeah, to entice everyone in the top six, seven picks. I think they would be happy sure. if they stuck inside the top six, seven. So if you look right. inside the top seven, they got a I would lot say of needs. Yeah. any of those seven picks is, is Hello? there's that's yeah, a potential is, trade partner. Hello? Yeah, this is this is Ryan. Who's this? <laughs> Brad? Brad who? Brad Holmes? <laughs> Same, I mean, listen, Detroit could want... Detroit could want an elite player all they want. They got to find it somewhere else. I know Detroit traded TJ Hawkinson to Minnesota. So maybe these interdivisional trades, intradivisional trades are no well, big deal anymore. Well, Mike, but when you got oh, me at Detroit, you mean to tell me okay, the Bears Mike, would allow Detroit to move up to number one no matter what they're yeah. paying? Well, well, okay, here's yes. here. Let me let me tell you how Detroit is is approaching this, though. This is kind of interesting. Right. Um, I also had a, a chance to talk to somebody from Detroit's organization. They're like, we have two first round picks on our roster from last draft. So if we're in a situation where we see a player and we have two first round picks we're sitting on and we think this is an all pro level player and this is a draft that's deep at tight end, okay? Which is, yeah. that's one way of saying it's not great. Okay, great. It's yeah. an awesome tight end draft. It's, it's thin at the top elsewhere. Um, other than, you know, uh, Robinson, the running back out of Texas, Jalen Carter yeah. out of UGA, Bryce Young. There's only really considered like elite elite level players one or two at a few various positions i think carter absolutely could be a player that detroit if they felt like we can pack it's just taboo no it's not that no i'm no that's the, not the part that trips me it's just the I know, tab- you, you, the maybe division, I'm, it's right? taboo it's just taboo for me no, and maybe, maybe i'm old school yeah, yeah I okay school. i don't think right. i don't, I don't think with draft school. picks okay. i don't i don't think with draft picks. i think it's um, I know maybe, the Eagles did it with the Cowboys a couple of years ago with uh, De- Devontae uh, Smith. Hey, yeah. I mean, listen, you were the one who broke Donovan McNabb getting traded from Philly to Washington. That happened inside the division, right? I mean, so well, it's not. Don't, don't, remind, don't remind me of that, number one. Number two, <laughs> Donovan was at the end. Oh, okay. But okay, maybe, maybe I'm making to, too, yeah. I was just trying to remind folks. That's all. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate I, you. <laughs> I, I'm getting it. Hey, hey, Mike. 
Mike, this is I, hearing Charles say this. This just confirms it. I put in the feed that I'm starting to get the bug for franchise mode. I'm back in. I'm back in like this stuff is great. The Bears at number one. They're a team to franchise. I know you've already started. Don't lie on TV. I you have. have you and started. They, and, and, they you have. and there's so much work for them to do. They still it's not franchise mode sidebar is not as good as it was back in our day. They got so many things okay. that they can improve upon, but nobody does. But you were saying continue, but but I would say, but I, I'm still getting a bug for it. And I want to say, Charles, because you, you alluded to it, talking about the Lions. They got that pick. I'm going to say shout out to Detroit. Shout out to Seattle and to Philadelphia. You look at the you know those top 10 picks and those yeah. teams have picks in the top 10 that don't belong to them. So, I mean, this is really a great year. This is a, a great follow up. Okay, it's a great encore for general managers who did their work last spring and they're getting they're reaping the benefits in 2023. Do you think all of them could be in favor, uh, could be in play, not necessarily for number one, but moving up even more. I mean, if you're in Philadelphia, you're at 10, you just you just lost yeah. in the Super Bowl. You got a young roster, you got a young quarterback. Uh, you got some cap flexibility, extra draft picks. Same thing with Seattle. Do you see uh, either of those two teams doing something? Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I think inside that top really seven. Um, it's possible for any of those teams to move up to one, either for the quarterback that they choose. Like, let's say Will Levis goes out and just blows it up, right? He's got the big arm. Um, I think he's the one that really has the, the potential to tip the apple cart in, in terms of being the number one overall pick. I think if he comes out, shows the arm talent, sits through some interviews, wow. and people sit there and go, you know, his ceiling is higher than we thought because we think we can give him higher level coaching consistently. Um, he's a worthy number one overall pick. Um, you know, I, I think that's the kind of thing that could shake up the top of the draft. But again, Car I'm telling you, Carter is the type of defensive player that I th mm -hmm. think teams that have an edge rusher, okay? Um, it's very attractive thinking about pairing him, sitting him next to a dominant edge rusher. So Detroit, um, who really, you oh, know, yeah. not only did they take Aiden Hutchins, I mean, they, they found two edges this last season. I think yeah. there it's it's very attractive to them to think if we could sit him next to Aiden Hutchinson, um, it, it would be it's about the Houston kid, Hutchinson, Houston, Houston and Carter. Aiden, yeah, Houston, yeah, Hutchinson, yeah. Houston, and, and Carter. I think there's yeah. there's an attractive this. edge. To that. One other thing too I that this makes stuff. this really intriguing, and this and Michael Howell, you love this. The teams that have two first round picks also, knowing what next year's draft looks like versus this year's draft. I think if they feel like they can get what they want with their first pick and they they don't have to package two picks to two first round picks to move up, I think all of those teams will entertain offloading that second number one overall for a 2024 first. Sort of Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman's always like, hey, if I've got two first round picks, I can always trade that second for another first round pick down the road and other assets. That's what he did this year. Remember, he had multiple first round picks last year. He picked up an extra first round pick this year by offloading one. Those teams will all consider that because next year, higher level, higher ceiling quarterback draft, Caleb Williams, Drake May, obviously, and then there will be other candidates that arise. If they can afford sliding a pick back, if they meet the need that they want or, or the player that they want with that first first rounder, I think you could look at all, all three of those potentially looking at sliding that second first round pick for a future one if they can find someone who is looking for another first round pick. Want to get into uh, specific prospects in a second, but so 
the Packers coaching staff is not going, correct? Did I, did I read that right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Are there are, are there any other coaching staffs or that are that are not attending the combine? And I just wonder, because Charles, I'll see you there, man. It'll be it'll be like old times. I just wonder how the combine because we in in two ways. I'll combine if I can combine two different subjects, but I know you can handle it. Culturally, the conversation around the combine and whether it's antiquated to put it lightly when it comes to uh, what these players, mostly black players, uh, are exposed to when it comes to um, you know measurements and prodding and poking right. and prodding on putting on display half naked. The conversation's been having for years, but it seems to have ratcheted up and reached the highest level of the, of the league. Meanwhile, the usefulness of the actual combine. No, Demora Smith was right. saying it's nothing other than just you know reducing people's value based on their medical information. But now you got coaches apparently thinking there's a better use of their time. So just the combine in 2023, in a nutshell, Charles. I think it is. Um, I think it's in the process of changing, and and I think actually I think the pandemic had a lot to do with that. I think that. Um, you saw a number of players in those pandemic years who there was very limited workouts that happened. Um, obviously the combine was erased, you know, in effect. And you saw a lot of teams that continued to lean back on tape. What do we see on tape from these players? The, the, if anyone's telling you the truth, they'll just tell you, look, the medical is what's most important. Um, I'll give you a good example. Kayvon Thibodeau last year. Um, the mm-hmm. medical was extremely important. The interviews were important, but I talked to uh, at least one general manager. I don't want to get too specific on how many general managers did this, but at least one general manager who did his interview over Zoom, like as in he wasn't in Indy, he was in on the interview, but he was on Zoom. So Thibodeau was sitting there with a room full of people plus the GM on Zoom. And the GM was like, I didn't need to be there for that, um, but I wanted to be in on the interview. So even that, you know, the the ability for Zoom and all these different things, it's changing whether or not staffs feel like they need to be there for a long time. I see general managers who are only popping in for a couple of days. Um, Some, as you saw with the Packers, aren't sending coaching staffs. Little, little aggressive, a little weird. But again, it all depends on how you feel your area scouts are doing. And then when it comes down to the measurables, I will say this about the measurables. The only thing that teams really use those measurables for is to categorize from a data set standpoint, where does this player fit in terms of the data sets we have on players in the past? So people always talk about like, we talk about hand size, right? Um, we always make jokes about, oh, Kenny Pickett had tiny hands. That means he'd be a terrible quarterback, whatever, uh, because of the fum, you know, you fumble when you have smaller hands. No, teams just want to see how many teams in, in the history of football have had success with quarterbacks who have, say, eight and a half inch hands. Well, it's only, let's say they're like, it's only happened once. So if you get down to it and you're trying to parse prospects and they're really close, if they're extremely close, you're going, all right, well, what can we use to try to separate these, these two players where we're really, it's, it's either or one's got bigger hands. The data set historically says though, that's the more, that's the more historically successful player in the NFL where that means the risk is it's leaning on the other player. It's, it sounds stupid. But it really is just getting down to the tiniest little measurements when you get to a point where you just can't decide between two players. That rarely happens, but it does happen. And they loved it. You know, some GMs and, you know, 
personnel guys like to have that extra little bit of information. I'm talking to two reporters here. So I wonder if y'all feel me on this. The reporter in me just kind of picks up and cringes a little bit. Charles, when you say general manager is there on zoom, I don't need to be there. Mike, think about Don Squire. Okay. I don't need to be there. I'm getting everything I need on zoom. No, no. It's always better to be in the room. You pick something happens to your reportorial brain when you're in the same room. To say it's an inexact science, Mike, to say it's an inexact science and then to introduce variables seems a little counterintuitive. Okay. Hey, and, and, and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing from in the newspaper industry. Somebody in the newspaper industry is saying, all right, tell it, tell it now. When you have the resources to travel and you tell the higher ups that you don't need to travel, that's a bad precedent right. to set. No, I'll, we need to I'll, travel. We need to be there. Get- let me give you a counter argument to that based on something that happened last year. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say the name of the prospect because I just, I don't want to get into it with the kid. It's fine. It's like you had a good rookie season, whatever. It's not a, so it's high, highly prized prospect, right? We're talking about a kid in the you know top end of the first round. He's going through interviews, right? And he was one of these prospects that happened to sit on an interview with the general manager was a present, whatever. Well, when he was walking out the door, there's like a there's like a table with snacks on it, right? And he just grabbed snacks and some people in the room were kind of off put by it. That he was just like <laughs> on his way out the door, grabbed some snacks without really saying anything. Just like straight up grabbed them and like and they, you know, were kind of looking at each other like I don't know, I don't know what I think about that. Like they and it was weird, it planted this kind of negative kid. seed. It planted a little bit of a negative seed in their head about, like, is the kid selfish? Now, see, that's it. Now, Michael, Michael, you say, here's the funny thing. Michael, Michael, you say it's some dumb shit, right? Like, you say that. Here's the thing. If you're not in the room to see that, you don't end up processing it. It doesn't mean anything to you. And I will put it to you this way. That's true. The way he played as a rookie... Wasn't nobody giving a shit about the potato chips that he Thank grabbed? Thank you. And put the door, that's what I'm okay? saying. Yeah. Because it's like okay, because 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 this is what I'm saying. It's like if it's a breakfast buffet, right? You don't just grab a plate and make the plate. I get that, okay? Because I've been at right. hotels and it's been like, oh, is that ours? That's not ours. Okay, I'm not just gonna go help myself. But if it's a that's bunch right. of snacks just sitting there, let me who grab, let me get these. That's what we're there for. Who made these? This is some snacks. And, and, and the Brown's question is, what too. kind he's of com- snacks? If you want to do some scouting, what kind of snacks? Right. What kind? That's your scouting. Because instead of saying, was oh, he selfish? Be like, wait, he picked the M&Ms and not the Jujubees. He picked the Butterfinger and not the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. There, now you're scouting. That's what, so that's just more information as far as I'm concerned. The kid likes snacks. He I'm likes just saying, like, that's- this is the type of stuff that happens here where you you're surprised sometimes by what gets into the heads of evaluators when they're sitting in a room. And as Michael Holly said, they're reading body language, which I do. I do think that's helpful. I actually do. I really do. I believe that's helpful. But I think sometimes it, it can go too far. Like that was one of those moments where I'm like, yeah, you know, I kind of get it. But, you know, really in the big grand scheme of things, does this really mean anything? I guarantee you, you know, whoever thought that he was being selfish, Michael, 
it only did was 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 uh, was confirm something that it was confirmation bias. It was something that they well, probably already right. went into it right. thinking about yeah. the kid, yeah. and he did something. And they were like, "See, I told you, told but you." See, was, I think that's true. About I think that's true. I think that's legit. But here's I the thing: this is this is going to happen whether there's a combine or not. Like Thomas Dimitrov ha- has mentioned this, and other people have too. He said, "When you're an evaluator, when you're an NFL evaluator." He said, we all do it. We wind up doing things. We think we can evaluate everything. We evaluate uh, the cashier at the grocery store. We evaluate our relationships. We're evaluating everything because we just get into that mindset where we're just, oh, oh we don't like that. Well, how about this? And, and sometimes it goes too far. So whether there's a combine or not, that process is going to happen. Let me ask you this, uh, Charles. I, I'm, I'm wondering if I'm crazy and, and Mike, uh, help me out on this. Because I'm, I'm looking at these uh, these Jalen Ramsey reports, and it's not necessarily about Jalen Ramsey, just the cornerback position overall. Ten years ago, I would have said, oh, yeah, go get you a shutdown corner. Go get him. I think there may be two guys like that in the league. I don't think Jalen Ramsey is one of them. Sauce Gardner is. I, I'm kind of thinking that the cornerback position, I don't want to say overrated. That, that overrated is overrated. But I think you can get by without a Jalen. You can win a championship without a Jalen Ramsey, Sauce Gardner, Darrell Revis back in the day, that kind of guy. Because the league has changed, kind of devaluing that position. Chiefs just did it. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? Chiefs just did it. Right? The Chiefs just did it. Right? Chiefs just won a, a title without having a top two, three lockdown cornerback. Right? I think we can agree on that. Um, uh, you know, has it changed? I think the metric of how you value the players. Okay, when we came in, we're all covering the NFL. The first thing, one of the first things we learn is the staple positions that you pay: left tackle, uh, shutdown cornerback, quarterback. You know, and and that that's where you start, right? Tackle, those, maybe, those, yeah. those three. Yeah. Well, those three were like the building blocks, right? You get if you can have There's a cornerback who cuts yeah. cuts the field. Yeah, right. Defensive end, right? That's yeah. four, really. Yeah. Those are the four. Um, I think now because of where the salaries are going, teams are now trying to figure out what one of the holy quartet or two of the holy quartet can we live without paying a top, you know, end salary. If we're the Cleveland if we're the Cleveland Browns, we're gonna pay Miles Garrett, we're gonna pay Deshaun. That means we probably right. can't pay a left tackle at the very tippy top of the left tackle market. We probably can't pay a corner. Right. They at the just very paid Denzel top. Ward, didn't they? Well, not tippy but top. Not, yeah, but, right. but I'm talking tippy yeah. top. Yeah. I'm talking like in yeah. Ramsey. Yeah. That's the thing that yeah. Ramsey plays into this with the Rams that everybody should know. The Rams knew when this season started, it was likely going to be his last because they knew at some point he's going to want to do an extension because Jalen Ramsey's sitting there going, wait a minute, I'm a top corner corner in the league. I'm an all pro level cornerback. The all pro level wide receivers who I am, you know, paid to cover and erase are making $25 million a year. So but what does that mean? Though? That means I should be making $25 million. Okay, but is he still? I mean, I know he got the reputation. I know he's a big name, but is he though? Ish? I just, I don't know Jalen Ramsey. I was going to say, Michael, but the answer to this is like, it depends on who you're talking about and what team. If you're the Rams and the bottom bottom just fell out and you've been saying F them picks, but eventually that bill is going to come due. If you got an opportunity to get another team to buy into the Jalen Ramsey mystique, then you get then you get them to trade for Jalen Ramsey. And you start to re, retool and rebuild this roster, both from a salary cap standpoint and a draft pick standpoint. 
I like Jalen Ramsey. I think he's had a great career. I don't know if Jalen Ramsey at this point is the Jalen Ramsey that he was in Jacksonville and when he first got to the Rams, even when he was at Rams last year. Okay, but he may. Well, I'll, I'll say this too. We do see some guys who, especially corners, this does happen. I'll, I'll say Darius Slay is a good example. Darius Slay, okay. when Detroit dealt him, people were like, well, is Slay really, is he that yeah. elite level corner? And then he went to Philly. Yeah. Sometimes a change of scenery reinvigorates a player. Right. Different Ooh, system, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Different yeah. system, different coaching staff, different teammates. And, yeah. and, and, and they can snap back. I mean, look at, I, I mean, remember, a lot of people watching this show who are young enough to not really know this, but. <laughs> I think Pac-Man Jones went to Cincinnati and had the best portion of his career because he, he really changed into a player that I think whatever it was being there with Marvin changed how he looked at the game and focused on the game. I did not have Pac-Man Jones on my Charles Robinson bingo uh, bingo card today, but that great pull, (laughs) great, great reference. You know who, you know, you know who can't play regardless of system. This just crossed. The commanders cut Carson Wentz. They saved $26 million against their cap by cutting Carson Wentz. I don't give a damn about Carson Wentz. Uh, I want to talk about the guy who seems to gonna he's gonna be the QB one under Eric Bieniemy and yeah. that offense, and that's Sam, and that's Sam Howell. Should yeah. we believe? And by we, I mean people who are in dynasty leagues who have Sam Howell. Oh, and like, you know what? I'm there it in is. super flex leagues. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna stick with Sam Howell. I'm is like, like, is this is this is this? Why a, is he is asking about thing? Sam Howell? <laughs> you know, Gary, Charles, I should have known because Gary wants to know. Because our commanders, our like, commanders fans, no, 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 Gary, to know. that's why I'm asking. Gary don't want to know. Asking. Even Gary, even the Commanders fan doesn't want to know about <laughs> Sam Howell. <but> Mike Smith does. <laughs> He's probably not gonna be there anyway. But I mean, like, I've seen some mock drafts linked into Anthony Richardson, who I love. Like, what are they, are they really gonna roll with Sam Howell, who for well, once upon a time was gonna be a top five pick? Yeah, that's it. That's that's the crazy thing about Sam Howell to me is is I first became aware of him because what do we do every year during the draft? As soon as the draft, look over, at the next draft. Yeah, yeah, we're like, hey, who's coming up? Like who's and I always ask about the quarterbacks like who's a year out? Who's two years out? Tell me about the next two quarterback drafts because every every team out there is evaluating juniors whenever they go into pro days. And now some of them are even kind of taking a little peek at the you know sophomores because they're like these guys will come out of juniors. So I remember Sam Howell, it was like, oh, well, this this kid could be a number one pick. He could be a top three yeah. pick, he could be a top five pick. And then he became a fifth round pick. <laughs> like, yeah. And I was yeah. I was always like, what happened? So I, I ended up watching him in the preseason because I was really interested. I'm like, I remember the time when this guy was it. He was going to be it. I liked him. When I watched him, I was like, I kind of like how this guy plays. Like he looked, now again, it's preseason. Right. You know, it gets pre. It, it is what it is. But I mean, I thought when he got his opportunity last year, I was kind of like, maybe this guy is better than it. They waited maybe too he's long. Not a top five, I don't know what they were waiting on. Uh, you know, I don't. I do not know what he is ultimately going to become. I would be surprised if they not. They do not address quarterback in another way. You don't want to just hang everything on, on the Sam Howell, you know, hopes and dreams. Um, but. I don't know that they go out and they draft another young quarterback, you know, in this draft to compete with him unless something happens. I mean, I guess we could yeah. always see what happens with this, this class of guys, but I, I, I thought he was interesting. He was fun. It was the same with drew lock though. I, I, there was a time where I looked at drew lock and I was like, wow, he's kind of interesting. Maybe he's got some tools. It would be, yeah. it would be a shocker to see him put it together, but we just watched Brock Purdy at least, you know, 
look, he, he won over two of the three of us <laughs> over the course of this season. <laughs> and he was the last pick in the draft. You know, I don't know. Maybe there's something there to work with with Sam Howell. So all of you dynasty league drafters, Michael Smith, uh, hang on to yeah. hang on to Sam Howell. I'm, maybe. I'm, I'm with Mike. I, I mostly don't care about Carson Wentz, but just quickly, does anybody sign him? Does anybody say not, not as a starter? Anybody sign him? Hey, right. good okay. backup. Okay. We can work with him. Is he the backup? Type? Frank Reich. Mm-hmm. Frank Frank Reich. Mm-hmm. One more time in Carolina now. One more time. Now let's not get. Let's not. Let's not like lose our like Carson Wentz has talent. Okay, there's no question he has talent. He has more talent than probably most backups in the NFL. So is there a team out there that could look at him as an attractive backup? Absolutely. You know, do I think there's a market out there? I don't. I don't think there's a market out there for him to be a starter. I don't think there's a market out there for a team even to say hey, we're going to bring him in and let him compete for a starting job. I think that there's a market for him to be signed, likely on like a one-year deal, where a team says, um, we want to, you know, we're going to give him a chance to come in, you know, compete with the other quarterbacks in the roster. We want to see him, we want to evaluate him. Similar to a few years ago, what Seattle did with Geno Smith. They're like, we think he's got yeah. talent. We think he can be a you supporter for our starting quarterback. Let's, I'm let's so see glad if there's something there to I'm so glad you said that. Number one, I do, I do think it takes a special type of person to be a backup and embrace being a backup and yeah. manage the starter and the offensive coaching staff and so on yeah. and so forth. But Geno Smith is a great example of be careful who you write off because nobody would have seen him. Uh, we, we, of course, we didn't, he didn't write back and nobody would have seen him coming. Last question uh, before we let you go. Uh, the market right now belongs to Derek Carr. Like, he, there's, there's no competition. It feels like, dude, Pick your team. This $35 million. I realize that's Kirk Cousins' money, and I am not trying to count another man's money. Okay? I'm not getting in this man's pockets. But shouldn't money be the least of his concerns right now? And shouldn't he be trying like this long process that David yeah. referenced? It's like, dude, like pick your team now before Aaron Rodgers eventually, you know, sees the light and has some kind of clarity or whatever, whatever team he wants. Like, why is Derek Carr slow playing this thing? I think he's slow playing it because of like when you listen to what David Carr is saying, I think it is not so much about money. I think it is like there is a feeling like if it doesn't work, this next destination doesn't work. It's like now he's fully off track. You know, there's a chance that he goes somewhere if he gets the right situation, plays well, and then he plays the next, you know, seven, eight years of his career. In this destination, goes to the Hall of Fame like, in New York. Like, you know, I mean, look, he could. <laughs> I mean, look, when, 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 let's put it this way, right? When Ryan Tannehill, when he got traded from Miami, and he went to Tennessee, there was the right place yeah. for him to have a, a, a second life, right, in his career. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. Or you could be Kurt Warner, and have a New York Giants stop, and then it's like, right. whoa, what? And what they, happened? And you're a bridge. What? They use you as yeah. a bridge to another yeah, guy. You're, yeah. And then you're a bridge. Yeah. And then what do you do? You go to Arizona thinking you're going to end up being the backup to Matt Liner. And, yeah. you know, yeah. it took it, you. So you don't want to have that middle team. You don't want that Giants experience a la Kurt Warner. You want it to be the next team is your next eight to 10 year team for a Derek yeah. Carr. Good to see you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Charles. Very right. soon, man. Take easy, gentlemen. Mike, forget about fa- uh, franchise mode. It's all about dynasty, dude. I'm telling you. Dynasty now, huh? So you saw uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania for your birthday. Two thumbs up. Uh, Jonathan Majors is a generational talent, a generational talent. 
Uh, and I love seeing more giant man. We had only seen it a little bit in Civil War. Uh, and what was the other one? Uh, uh, we saw it a, a couple of times, but I love seeing giant man. Yeah. Hey, hey, look, Jonathan Majors is my favorite Endgame. actor right now. Endgame. I just love Bruh. what he's doing. And and two thumbs up, four thumbs up, six thumbs up. That was a movie. great movie. Loved it.